Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Small Print Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Elise, and I blog at ruletreader.wordpress.com. And I'm Dawn, and I blog at bangbangbookblog.com. And today, as we announced last week, we are beginning our Heart of Betrayal reread. Um, this is part of the Remnant Chronicles. It is the sequel to The Kiss of Deception. And we're doing this because the final book in the series comes out in August. And we want to kind of hype it up, talk about our love for this series, because we both really love this amazing series by Mary E. Pearson. So we read chapters 1 through 12 um, this upcoming, these past couple weeks, and now we're going to talk about it. Okay, let's get started. So as I open up the book, I did not see this first. You skipped it? I didn't see it. I (laughs) I saw him like, ugh. This is a new one. Yeah, this is a new one. Um, I didn't really write any notes down for this because sometimes I'm not sure where these like testaments and different songs are kind of leading the reader. Sometimes it's more clear than others and I didn't really get anything super intense about this one. As I look over it really quickly, she's, she's caught, it says she calls to me. So all I can do is whisper. So somebody, you know how Leah has that whole thing Mm -hmm. where she can hear Mm -hmm. her voices. We don't know who she is. Right. That's always, like you said, we don't know who. Hopefully at some point it'll all come clear. Yeah, and it's clear that Godrell has the gift, and that's probably what she's referring to. Okay. Um, So, yeah. All right. Um, Chapter one, to sum up. Oops, I'm a little too far ahead here. Well, to sum up last book, it ends with Leah um, and Rafe at the gates of Venda mm-hmm. and Caden has brought her, he has not killed her and he has taken her to the Komazar. Mm-hmm. And Rafe has lied and said that he is an emissary, however you say that, emissary. And so they don't know that he's the king of Dalbrek. They just think he's just some rando. Mm-hmm. So that's where we were left off. <laughs> yes, all right, so chapter one, um, they fully arrive and she's like questioning her options as a prisoner. And she notices that Caden has a severe amount of anxiety for being home. There's mm-hmm. something going on there. Well, I think it's just because he was supposed to kill her and he didn't. He didn't carry out his job and mm-hmm. he's not sure what the Komazar is going to do. But she's questioning that specifically. So it makes me feel like it's not that straightforward. Um, you know, she asks, was he nervous to greet his own leader, afraid of what I might say or what the Komazar would do? Cause, so she's she's not sure of any of the Vendon customs as, a, as of this point. So she's a little bit blind to that. And the only thing really I noted chapter. was that the people are starving. Yeah. And I'm assuming that all of the governors and everything are not starving. So mm-hmm. that's all I got from that chapter. Um, chapter two is pretty intense because Leah meets the Komazar for the first time. Um, and they both kind of attempt to outpower one another. So Leah tries to make it clear that she is not going to be a sniveling royal that he thinks she is. Um, and she begins to learn about the provinces and the governors yeah. and how Venda is structured. So yeah, so while he's learning things about her, she's also learning that Venda, they're not just dumb barbarians, mm-hmm. that they do actually have a government. Right. And laws in the hierarchy. Right. Because she's been told that they're yeah. just monsters. Mm-hmm. So at this point, too, Leah thinks that he's the dragon. So from the last book, one of the major plots is that who is the dragon? Because the dragon is basically the nemesis of 
the chosen one, which is Leah. Mm -hmm. So Leah, as well as the reader, has to figure out who the dragon is. And she's assuming it's the Komazar. I personally do not think it's the Komazar. I have my theory. I thought it was until, I think, the end of this book. And now I have no idea. I, I think midway through, I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm speculating that it's Caden. Okay. Uh, I also think that he has the gift yeah i do too um and i think he she's hearing him and she doesn't realize it and that they're connected somehow and mm -hmm. so because he's has to kill her that's why they can hear each other so i have a feeling that he's a commissar he doesn't know it i made a note of that somewhere in here because it's talked about in one of the, the early chapters here of this book that Caden possibly um might have the gift yeah mm -hmm. all right um um the only th uh, other thing that I noted is that I think Leah is really starting to grow from the first book. The first book, she, you know, I guess as the reader, she could be seen as selfish. I said this before, where she just says, I'm screw it. I'm going to leave. I don't want to marry this man. I'm just going to go and be on my, do my own thing, even though mm -hmm. it, I'm affecting other people. But now she's starting to um, gain some type of strategy as to how she's going to outwit not only just run away but outwit the commissar right. mm -hmm. and get rafe and get the heck out of there book two for me is all about consequences both for Caden, rafe and leah um because leah is reminded every time she sees the commissar because he took her brother's sword mm -hmm. and so every time she sees that she is reminded of the like this is literally what i caused this is my fault I have to be smarter. I have to learn. I've got to watch my enemy. I have to respond accordingly. And I, I found that really compelling. Like that's a big theme throughout this book. She's got to be, she's got to deal with her consequences. Um, that was really all I had for chapter two. Mm -hmm. And then we have another holy book of Morgan or Morgan book of holy text. Let the stories be heard. So all generations will know, blah, blah, blah. Any comments here? Um, I'm not quite sure who, what stars are? Does she mean literal stars or does she like literal stars of the sky or does she mean stars as in man? Mm -hmm. um, so I, we're still kind of unsure who these gods are. Are they, because we kind of speculated the last book that they could be politicians or somebody who's more official and not necessarily gods, mm -hmm. like, you know. So um, some remnants are special. Leah's probably one of them. But other than that, that's all I got from that. Mm-hmm. Chapter three. Okay, so here's when I started to think that Caden probably had the gift. Like right in the first part of this chapter, the Komazar says, So you thought she'd be useful. And Caden goes, He knew the true reason. He knew I disdained the gift the gift just as much as he did, but his contempt for the gift sprang from a lack of belief. I had more compelling reasons. And I immediately questioned what his reasons are. Um, he does disdain the gift, but maybe it's because he doesn't understand it or he, he associates it with something he's trying to ignore. I didn't catch that. Yeah. But yeah. That's when I was I like, that. Hmm, mm -hmm. I think this boy is hiding something. <laughs> so yeah, the Komazar chastises Raiden? Caden for disobeying orders. And then they discuss... Um, challenges to the Komazar's leadership. So we get a sense that there's also something happening in Venda. Literally the chapter ends and he says a storm brews, uh, the first of many, a new season comes. So I think the Komazar is also realizing that his power might be coming to an end. Yeah. For more reasons than one. 
what I got from this chapter is we we are starting to learn more about the country and about their allies and the other governors around them. Mm -hmm. So we find out that um, forming allies with Rue, I can't read my whole right Yeah, I saw that in here. Yeah. There's a new, um, the premiere of Rue Lao. Mm -hmm. It's a new society that we haven't really heard of yet. Um, they're exchanging gifts. Yeah, and one of the governors is missing. Yeah. So that Several might come back. There's a couple yeah. that are, yeah. But one guy, he's kind of, um, he's always goes missing, but they think he's just drunk somewhere. But okay. his people came, his gift came. Okay. So that might come back at some point. And she talks about the hill folk are still believers. Mm -hmm. And so will Leah be used to, like you said, the Komazar, he's probably seeing that his power is going away. So he might use Leah to be like, look, you know, because the hill folk still believe in magic and that he might use her to mm -hmm. form some kind of unity with the hill folk. Um, and we also learned that to become the Komazar, you have to kill the Komazar. Yeah. So that was interesting. So at any second, his power could yeah. be literally taken from him. Um, anything else from chapter three? Only thing that Caden taught the Komazar how to speak Morganese. Mm. Well, that might come back. Yeah, that's true. At some point. In chapter five, wait, are we in chapter four? I'm sorry, chapter four. Um, Leah and Rafe are thrown into prison together and they discuss possible escape plans. And she learns that Rafe has four men coming. Just four. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> reminded me of this scene in um, Lady Mormont when she's like from Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. She's like, I have an I army. Know. 62. Yes. Like, six, 62? 62,000. Okay. Nope. Just 62. 62. You're like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he also asks her to love him for the person he is. And she realizes that she doesn't really know who that is. And she really isn't going to know who he is after he starts lying up a storm. And he's really good yeah, at this it, book, too. Yeah, she she sees that, I think, in the next chapter, yeah. that like he is a very good liar. And it's also, as the reader, you're also questioning, right. like, whoa, what is real here? Is he really the brave? The or... <laughs> You know, we're the heart of betrayal. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really it in this chapter. They're kind of regrouping. Um, chapter five, Leah kind of gets a little bit of humiliation. Um, Leah is given clothing from the Komazar, and I did air quotes next to the clothing because it's literally just a sack that she has to rearrange in a strategic manner. We also meet Kalantha. That's how I say her name. Yeah, she's an interesting lady. <clears throat> yes, this woman is to be paid attention to. Um, she is missing an eye, and she has tattoos on her face that kind of make her lack of an eye more noticeable. So Leah is unsure if she's trying to draw more attention to it or what that's about. So we, it's made obvious right away that we have to pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. Any comments? Um, yeah. So we, we learn a lot about the Viceregent. And I thought what was interesting is that he solicited Leah at one point, um, which makes him quite an unethical man. The mm -hmm. Viceregent is one of the advisors to her father, to the yeah. king. Uh, the, the vice-regent and the chancellor are his advisors. So, um, and they, they're clearly more in power. Yeah. Isn't because chapter six is where she says that she, no, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Continue. Um, they also mentioned Grace Point, a Grace Point, the inn in Grace Point. I marked that. I'm not quite sure why, but. Oh, wait. Whose chapter is this? This is chapter six. This is Pauline. Pauline. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know, I just feel like when an author mentions a city or something, you have to pay attention because it might come back. So she just says that Gwyneth 
her she seems to know the grace point quite well yeah and so that might come back there's a quote in here that well it's not really a quote um basically pauline finds out that gwyneth is a spy i believe we already knew that from yes. book one but we pauline did. did not um but Gwyneth explains to her that she, she used to be part of the Eyes of the Realm, which is basically the spies of Civica. They're spread throughout the towns and areas of Morrigan, and they relay information back to the seat of power. Interesting to note that they were not going to the king. They were going to the chancellor. Mm-hmm. So he is truly in charge. Not the king. The king is a puppet. And this is the first real scene that we're kind of getting that confirmation. That's how I interpreted okay. it. Theories, thoughts. I don't. I don't know if the king is a puppet, but I he. Oh, here's the ex- other, this grace port you were talking yeah. about. Okay. I was like, Where is that? There yeah. are other people who seem to have a lot more power than they probably should. Because even in there's a later chapter, there's a later scene in another chapter where Leah says that she used to eavesdrop on some of her father's meetings and. They never asked him any questions like they do the Komazar. Oh. They never ask for his approval. They kind of just tell him, we'll get back to you on that issue. Or, you know, like, we, we're taking care of it. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, he's literally just there for... Okay. Yeah. For, that um, could be it. Oh. Fill in a seat, if you will. So I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. They plan to get more information about um, Leah's kidnapping. They're going to get it to the crown. And that's why she's going right to the Chancellor. Because she knows the guy. Well, I think her and the Chancellor have a more personal relationship. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Chapter 7 was a little bit longer. Um, the Komazar requires proof that Rafe is the emissary in this chapter. And then he, he threatens Leah. Um, she believes that there's nothing more that he can take from her. So she's kind of being... She's kind of being a little bit... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? She's being ballsy with how she acts towards yeah. the commissar in his own place, you know, his own place. So he's like, you better calm down. There's always more I can take from you. And she doesn't really get that till later in this book. Um, I didn't make too many notes in this chapter. Well, this was a big chapter. Oh, it was. Yes. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm seeing my notes here. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, the commissar requires proof that Rafe is not the prince and that he is, in fact, the emissary. And basically, Grizz lies. Yeah, and that's... And what I was like, oh, he's a spy. I figured <laughs> something out. And then Mary Pearson was like, mur, mur, I'm going to plant that in the reader anyway. Nice try. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah. he either is a spy or he's not a spy. Yeah. And he kind of looks at Leah. Kind I, of- I think he is because she, she remembers in her head that someone told her there are spies everywhere, Leah. One yeah. palm crosses another in return for watchful eyes. Yeah. And Grizz speaks Morganese, which he may be from Morgan mm-hmm. as well. And that was in the first book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But we, I do like what Rafe, he's like really trying to distance Dalbrook from Morgan and he's right. trying to create this alliance. So mm-hmm. he has, he's, he's, he's got plotting. some, yeah, yeah, he is, he is plotting. And we see well. that in this chapter, but mm-hmm. we are not even sure that this is truly what he wants to do. No. It could be a lie. And so Leah kind of just has to go along with it. Yeah. So we learn a lot about it Rafe could, in this chapter. Does he talk about his father dying? Yes. And, yeah, so we have Dalbrick no idea if any of this is true or if right. it's just all. Yeah, we don't. So that would make Rafe an unreliable character, which I love. For sure. I love the unreliable character. Absolutely. The only other thing I noted was that Caden and the Komazar have known each other for 11 years. That's a really long time. Mm-hmm. And Caden's only 19. Mm-hmm. So 
he's he was eight. Right. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then in between chapter seven and eight, we have another song of Venda. Um, any notes here? Um, you usually do. Yeah. <laughs> she, well, she's predicting the future. Mm -hmm. And Venda was one of the very first queens. So for her to be, I don't know how far back it went mm -hmm. with Venda and Harik, who was her husband, the first scavenger. Yeah. Um, but she, she's predicting very far into the future. Yeah. And now it's it's coming to term here. Your years of struggle have just begun. So that's interesting. That's all I got. Yeah. She wasn't kidding. Um, chapter eight. Sorry. Oh, this is a long chapter, apparently. Um, Leah senses the gift in a very strange way when she's in the, um, like, the sanctum, the hall, right? Mm -hmm. And then the Komazar makes it clear to her that he's watching her. So we can talk about that. Um... Oh, wait, I skipped a chapter. I'm sorry. That was chapter nine. I didn't get anything in eight. eight. I don't have anything. Uh, Rafe is tagging along with Caden in their mess hall. They exchange heated words. So they just, they both like her. One's going to get her. They make it clear to each other. So sorry, chapter nine is when she goes back to the sanctum hall. And she sees this shadowy figure mm -hmm. um, in white, which we should definitely talk about. Well, I know who that is because I've already it? read the book. I'm not gonna say. I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember this book at all. Hence why we're rereading this. Yeah. But um, I noticed that she she is honing into the gift more and more as she gets closer to Venda. So like in Kiss of Deception, the closer she got to oh, Venda, that's true. she kept seeing it more and more. So I think that's gonna come into play a little mm -hmm. bit more. Yeah. Okay. Um. And everyone notices her kind of hone in on this shadowy figure. Yeah. And now they're like, some are creeped out. Some are like, oh my God, she does have the gift. And the Komazar is pissed because he doesn't know if she actually was experiencing something or if she's just playing with him again. Yeah. Um, I cannot read my notes. <laughs> and then I kind of wanted to discuss the bone ritual. Um, we learn yet again that Venda is, in fact, a very civilized society. As you mentioned earlier in the podcast, everyone is starving. Like, everyone's incredibly thin. So before they eat, they, they pass this plate around that has human bones on it. And they're all supposed to take one. And it says that the bones are a reminder that every meal is a gift. And it came to a cost, came at a cost to some creature. It is not taken without gratitude. That's probably the exact opposite of what she assumed she would find in Venda. And it chokes her up a little bit. Yeah. So do we think she's becoming sympathetic to the people of Venda? Yes. Yeah? I think she is. To what end? Dun, dun, dun. I, well, we kind of know <laughs> to what end, kind of. Yes. But she... I mean, Leah is the chosen one. If this is true, it's at some point, she, isn't she supposed to unite yeah. the people? We will see if that happens. Yeah. I don't remember, truly. I think <laughs> she is like... In the begin uh, beginning part of the book, she's seeing a difference between how the Komazar rules and how her father rules, mm, and mm -hmm. he's more respected, and he has tradition, and he values his people, That's and he shows it, and yeah. uh, so maybe she is respecting him as a leader mm -hmm. more so than him as a man, sure, a human. I didn't really right. take any notes on that. Yeah, one. that's really all I have for this. Just who is Kalanta? What's yes. all that? <laughs>
All right. Chapter is 11. she a spy? Or chapter 10, rather. Sorry. Chapter 10 is kind of long. Very long. Um, Leah chooses to, okay, so the Commissar tells Leah you have to decide who you want to stay with, Caden or Rafe, and she stays with Caden in an, an attempt to keep Rafe safe because the Commissar might be catching on to the fact that they know each other, and she learns a lot about Venda, so in an attempt to kind of figure out the city's layout and things like that, um, she asks a lot of questions to Caden. And why does Caden just offer up all of this information, knowing she's trying to leave? I mean, he knows that she has to get across that river. That's <laughs> the answer. Because, no. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to explain myself. Okay. I am not sympathetic to write to Caden's character, in case you haven't figured it out. Um, I think he is so hopeful that she's going to fall in love with his people and then fall in love with him. So I think he's trying to paint Venda in a good light so that she will come to his side, if you will. He he wants to make her his wife. His, his partner God, for life, like, man. Why is he just freely giving her about, all the information? Wait, we got to talk about this in the beginning, though. How she walks into his room and she sees all of those gifts from Dihara. Yeah. What is that about? That, ain't, that, that, that cannot be just because he visits her. Why does he visit her? I don't know. That's a that's a key, right? There. I mean, yeah. I mean, she took the time to mention it, so clearly mm -hmm. it means something. But I wasn't quite sure. So maybe secretly he was going to Dihara to like get training for his gift or to figure out why he was hearing voices. That's what I'm theorizing. Maybe because he's got all that stuff in his room. Mm -hmm. So what he did there basically cost him that relationship. Yeah. To to help Leah, I think. Which yeah, I guess that's a sympathetic action, but I still don't like him. <laughs> so yeah she yeah she asks a lot of questions oh and this is where she says rarely did a speech end in question for my father to answer so this is when she's kind of beginning to do what you just said which is realize the difference in leadership between her father and what happens with the commissar and so um we also learn about the temples yes. she talks about below temples <clears throat> And she also talks about metal and rocks. And I have a feeling that it's going to come back somehow, that they have metal in their rocks. It, that's quite specific for her to finish. Yeah, it is. Um, and I found it also interesting that um, Caden says, but as large as the, as the sanctum may seem, it's only a small part of the city. The rest spreads for miles and it continues to grow. How is it that a city that is rampant with starvation continues to increase its population? That's also suspicious to me. That is not typically mm -hmm. how those two things end up correlating. I don't know. Venda is a growing society. Keep that in mind. Must be some magic going on or... Who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll find out, I suppose. Venda's got something going on, that's for sure. Well, isn't this where we learned that there is no way out in out of that city besides the Mississippi River? I'm assuming that's the mm -hmm. Mississippi. Mm -hmm. um, there's no way in and out of that place. Right. And somebody has to lower the bridge. Right. So she's trying to figure out how am I going to get out of here? Right. Mm -hmm. um, I thought significant character growth happened at the bottom of, well, I think my pages are different than yours. Um, she asks Caden to repeat the prayer that Kalantha gave at dinner the night before, or that evening, sorry, early that evening. And she realizes the way that she misinterpreted the Komazar, Caden, everyone from that society. Um, what 
I got him this for two. Hmm. Well, either way, she's continually learning that Venda is not this barbarian tribe, that they are very, very civilized in a lot of ways, and they have very deep running traditions. And she she's kind of feeling guilty for her initial treatment of all of that. Like she came in there, I'm from Morgan. You're not gonna change me or stop me or I don't know where I'm going with this. I totally lost my okay. train of thought. But it she is continuing to grow in that Venda is not this barbarian society. And I found that interesting in this chapter. Like as much as she hates Caden, I think she she can respect his background and his people. So yeah. Um, all right, that's all for chapter 10. In chapter 11, we have Caden's point of view. Um, he says that bringing Leah to Venda was a forever move for me, an ending and a beginning. What yeah. in the world is he planning? I don't know. Or maybe it was a return to some part of me I didn't want to die. There is another hint that he might have the gift, in my opinion. And he, like, recognizes that he didn't just disregard orders because he fell for the charms of a, of a girl. Like, yes, he, he does love her, but um, he's also trying to use her. Like, it's not all love and innocence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's also when I thought he might have a gift. Like, not only did he like her and couldn't kill her, but he felt something, like, at his core that would not allow him to kill her. Uh -huh. I didn't really have much. I just I, have that they're yeah. drawn together somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think that was it, because we only read a chapter 11, right? Well, I did do... Did you read the... I read the last estimate of Baudrill, yes. Okay. Didn't get a whole lot, though. I no. thought it was interesting that she said... She asks for another story, one to pass the time and fill her, like, physically. I mean, is is this story, think, like, sustenance for this person? Yeah, because I think they're poor, and right. so it just kind of feeds mm -hmm. their hunger because they have no food. Is this possibly Venda she's talking to? I don't think we've figured out who we the heck not. she's talking to. Yeah, we definitely haven't. But it's kind of the same story. You know, there were large cities that fell because of the arrogance of you know, the gods. And so once There's again, a, the gods are man mm -hmm, or gods. Why does she keep mentioning the garden fills, filled with trees that hung with fruit as big as a man's fist? Like she, re she references this garden several times throughout this poem or this testament. Any theories? I didn't really think too hard on that one. Mm -hmm. hmm. Are there really such gardens? Not anymore. Yes, my child, somewhere and one day you will find them. I have no idea who's talking. Yep. It better come to light in book three, though. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the parts of this book where I'm lost. I know. I'm like, what is happening? All right. So any final thoughts on this? No, I okay. I want to keep reading, but yes. I can't because I have other things I have to read first. I know. So I have to force myself to sit down. Same here. Yeah. So next um, podcast won't be until... July 6th, where we will read chapters 12 through 21. And that is because we are both headed to ALA and won't be able to podcast for quite a few weeks. So, uh, But we will do a Periscope on the opening day of ALA, which is June 24th at 5.30 p.m. 
Um, if you want to follow us on Periscope, it's Bang Bang Books is my Twitter handle or my pot Periscope handle, and it'll it'll go through Twitter mm-hmm. when I post it. So you get to if you not if you're not able to go to ALA and you've never been, you're curious or something, uh, we will try and like Periscope and show you what it's all about. Yeah. I think there's somebody I want to meet Friday where I'm like, I got it's somebody I really want to meet on Friday. Can't remember who it is though. Hardinge? No, that's no. Saturday. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Watch out yeah. for that. We'll be podcasting on Friday. And periscoping. I'm sorry, periscoping. Jeez. And we might piece. periscope Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Really? Because we're going, I don't know. All right. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you on the flip side. Okay, bye.